0: work it out podcast
1: back for episode four season two and today we are talking about the vehicle painting industry and what it takes to break into traditionally male-dominated industries as a female today's guests are training manager paul polverino from Exalta and 2019 skilleroo and international medalist maxine colligan welcome guys thanks brenda thanks for having me We've known Maxine from the very beginning. We sponsor, Exalta sponsor, the Vehicle Painting Regional Competitions, which is the first step Maxine took in her world skills journey. So welcome, Maxine.
0: Hi, thank you for having me.
1: Maxine is a young female. How did you get into a vehicle painting apprenticeship?
0: Well, I almost fell into the industry by accident. So I left high school and I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life, but I knew that I had this big ball of energy and passion that I wanted to give to something, but I just hadn't found it at the time. So a friend of mine who was a first-year apprentice in spray painting, he recommended a free course to me at Campbelltown TAFE. That was for spray painting and panel beating. So that went for about six months, about two to three days a week. So I got a bit of a taste of both sides, paint and panel. From there, I did that course and I then went on to find an apprenticeship so finding an apprenticeship wasn't the easiest being a girl but i'm glad to say that i made it out on the other side so i actually went to an autopath evening hosted by iag and that was designed to put employees in front of employers or future employees from there i was there for about 10 minutes and i got an interview on the spot with Mark Reed from the AMA group and he's told me I've started first thing Monday morning at Campbelltown in Gemini.
1: That's fantastic. So who would you say has been your biggest influences or uh, or mentors um, since doing the apprenticeship?
0: In my apprenticeship I've actually found there aren't a lot of girls in the industry, but I have made really good friends with the ones that I have met. And seeing and hearing about their stories and how they've persevered through their struggles and and how they've come up in the industry to find their way through it and in their career path has been really inspiring for me.
1: So, Maxine, what what are some of those struggles that uh, some of the, yourself and some of the girls have uh, faced in the industry?
0: For me personally, it was finding a job. So, this industry has a skills shortage of I think about 1,200 apprentices in New South Wales alone and to find that out after spending seven months looking for an apprenticeship was actually kind of heartbreaking. So I spent a lot of time going out to businesses collecting business cards and information about businesses and doing work experience and still after all those efforts no one wanted to hire me. So that was definitely a big struggle of mine. It's not as common, but there are a few girls that struggle with maybe like sexist remarks from guys. It's not as common, I'd like to think, but it still does happen sometimes. So, yeah.
1: That's interesting, Maxine, because uh, as sponsors of of regional and national competitions, we've found over the last few years that girls have taken out the majority of the medal places and just recently even at uh, at the Campbelltown regional competition we've had another young female take out the the gold medal so it's interesting you say that let's hope times are changing and we see an easier easier track for uh, for young females into the trade so what would you say to anyone, including females and young young men, anyone thinking of studying vocational education training?
0: I'd honestly say go for it. You have more to win than what you do to lose. Being in this industry, I've gained so much knowledge and so many skills and it's really just improved me as a person. Never in my life would I think that I'd be doing a podcast with Accelta and World Skills Australia, but here I am. So it's really given me a lot of confidence to to come out of my shell and and to do the things that I think that I know I can do, but I'd be otherwise too scared to do.
1: I'd agree with that, Maxine. We've seen your uh, journey over the last, uh, and and myself personally have seen your journey over the last two and a half years, and the changes are are unbelievable. And I think it's fantastic. You've grown as a person, you've grown as a tradesperson, and I I think it's fantastic. And these are the opportunities brought about by not only the trade, but also skills. Yeah. Fantastic.
0: So for me, competing at the regional and national levels has been such an amazing experience and one that I'll never forget. Mm -hmm. Doing these competitions has provided me with the foundations for what I know and love being a spray painter. Having Accelta be industry leaders and sponsors for these competitions were absolutely game changing for the quality of work and expectations for us as competitors. So, why is it important for you as a business and for you to support us in these regional and national levels
1: look i'll uh, I'll go back with a small story on this one. We first saw the road with well skills well over ten years ago. I guess we were asked as a company to support a young fellow named Stuart Acebert to go to Japan he'd won a gold medal here in Australia and uh, he was off to Japan to compete. In Japan, they were using a new product, a new waterborne product from our company, and we were asked to train him and get him ready. So I guess that was our, our first experience, and, and what we saw out of that, you know, it, it really did open our eyes uh, as a company to what world skills were, were all about, and the opportunities and experiences it gave to young people in the trades. In all different sorts of trades, and not just vehicle painting, I think sometimes uh, getting into a trade, look, it, it's, I, I always think it's a, a great path forward uh, for a career, but there's not many opportunities to excel and uh, and to compete in one's chosen trade. And this was the sort of thing that uh, World Skills gave these young people an opportunity to go out, and uh, we all talk about it, it's the Olympics for trades. So... I guess further to that story, we trained Stuart. Stuart went to World Skills in Japan, picked up a silver medal, came back, and just like yourself, grew as a person. He started on a different journey from that point on. And Stuart now works for us and has worked for Exalta for nearly 10 years. So I think. It's extremely important it gives us an opportunity to uh, to give back I think as an industry leader it's given us a huge opportunity to give back to young people young people in the trade and just show how important trades are to the uh, economy and uh, to young people growing up so Maxine with your experience now with world skills do you think it's changed the perception for a lot of people on um, on what's involved with vehicle painting
0: definitely I mean it I think overall it's definitely changed my view of what's actually involved in this industry. In order to go from a regional to a national to an international competition, there's been so much upskilling that's had to be done. Internationally, there's different standards for what a vehicle painter should be able to do and pushing myself outside of the boundaries of what I know has been probably the hardest part of all of my training. Internationally, they file in some uh, body repair into our competition, which I was not prepared for from our regional and national competition. That's just not something that us spray painters do here. So definitely showcasing excellence. And the competition internationally is just above and beyond in every aspect that you could think of. The marking criteria and all the modules that we complete are just like nothing I've ever seen in my life.
1: And typically, do you think you picked up new skills along the way?
0: I definitely have. With car painting being the most common, I was one of 28 competitors internationally and to place third in the world, there's definitely got to be a large amount of growth in there. So I think that was the hardest part of the whole competition was preparing myself and expecting the unexpected.
1: With the competitions, do you, do you feel the pressure or do you cope pretty well with that?
0: I feel like I coped pretty, pretty well with it. The first day was definitely the most nervous out of the whole competition because I wasn't really sure what to expect. But once I got into the swing of things by competition day two, I kind of knew what to expect. I kind of got into like a rhythm of, of what was expected of me as well and we took it from there.
1: And we talk about skills and though we mostly talk about skills around vehicle painting, do you think you've picked up a few other skills like uh, like talking in public, speaking in public, speaking for a podcast? I mean there's, uh, you know, you think of other other people in your trade. These are just more of the opportunities that the whole world skills journey has brought about.
0: Definitely. One of my biggest fears actually prior to my world skills journey was public speaking and I don't think I'm quite over it just yet but <laughs> there's always like some nerves but I feel like I've got a lot more techniques and coping mechanisms under my belt which which can help me if I am in a state of, you know, oh my God, I don't know what to say, I don't know what to do and yeah, it it definitely just helps calm the nerves in the time and and yeah.
1: So Maxine, you've you've just talked about all the other skills that have come about through your world skills journey. Um, what other opportunities have arisen?
0: I feel like I haven't stopped since I came off the plane from Russia, to be honest with you. So when I came back, my workplace has nominated me for a few awards through Paint and Panel Magazine. They run a series of awards annually. And one of the awards was the Rising Star Award. Recently, they also nominated me for the Women in Collision Award in the Technician category. I feel like I just I haven't stopped, you know. Anywhere from conferences, I know Alex and I attended the VLG conference in Brisbane. Not long after we got back, I also went to Vietnam with Alex and Chris from World Skills Australia, and over there we were promoting skills and skills excellence in Vietnam. Which was endorsed by the Australian government, so that was awesome. It was another. It was my second international trip, which was just amazing. I never thought I'd be overseas twice within the span of a few months, but here we are.
1: <laughs> That's great. Can I ask? Did you did you travel much prior to your apprenticeship as a as a young lady?
0: No, actually, I didn't. Maybe just a few domestic flights just to see family, but this has definitely been the busiest year I've had.
1: Well, since that, you've travelled the world.
0: Pretty much.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. So, Maxine, you talked about you've just been to Russia, Vietnam. Any interesting experiences with those two countries?
0: (laughs) Um, Well, actually, they've got some pretty interesting food choices. (laughs) So when we went to Russia, we had two days in Moscow before we flew to Kazan for our competition. And, yeah, any time our team leaders would say that we've got An hour or two free, we'd go over to local supermarket and just buy a bunch of random food. Obviously, we didn't understand what any of it was because it was all in Russian. So just going off of the logos on the packages, we'd get a bottle of this and a bag of that. One of the things we did manage to pick up was horse jerky, which I don't think I'll be ever having again, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: What was wrong with the horse jerky?
0: Oh, It was very salty and very chewy. It's not... (laughs) what I would like to eat.
1: (laughs) You've spent a lot of time on the road in the last 12 months. You must get a lot of support from your employer. I guess you've had some time off work to cover off on all all this journey and experience. I take it your employer's been very supportive?
0: They have been. They've been super supportive. And they also understand the importance of having an ambassador, young female ambassador, showcasing work and skill for the automotive industry, I feel like not a lot of people know about us, but I'm, I'm hopeful that one day they will. So my workplace, they've allowed me to have a lot of time off to attend events. Like I go and speak to high schools and high school students, as well as their parents, some afternoons. Also having time off to train for my international competition, to also travel to Russia and to Vietnam has just been absolutely mind-blowing. So, yeah.
1: That's great. Very understanding employer. Of course, excellent.
0: So, Paul, we've heard about me and my story. What about your story? How did you start out in the industry, and where has it taken you?
1: Well, Maxine, I'll um, I'll go back a few years on this one, but I'll keep it short. Look, I started with a, a pre-apprenticeship course at Glendale TAFE in Newcastle. Um, this was a, uh, a course at TAFE, um, for uh, it was a full-time course for those looking to get into a trade and, and a bit I suppose a bit unlike yourself, I guess I'd tried a few different roles, tried a few different apprenticeships and always had a passion for cars so I, I really wanted to get into either vehicle painting or panel beating but I guess vehicle painting was my, was my passion so I, I did a pre-apprenticeship, I actually got a job with a local repairer and then continued at TAFE in a normal apprenticeship scheme. And I guess after that, uh, after some years in the trade, I took the big plunge and took a role with a coatings company as a technical sales rep. And uh, look, I've been with that same company now for nearly 28 years uh, in various roles, from sales, a national trainer, a manager, a product manager, and now as a training manager. So I guess my my thoughts on that is that uh, a lot of young people go in, and take on a trade these days and, and just because you take on a trade doesn't mean you spend the rest of your life in that trade. It can represent an, a lot of different pathways. You can go and, and join a corporate company and become a sales rep in a particular specialised field. You can go to sales, marketing. So there are lots of opportunities after you've completed a a trade certificate, so yeah, and I uh, I'm, I'm extremely happy that I uh, I have no regrets on on the trade I I chose, and it certainly opened up a lot of opportunities for me.
0: That sounds great to hear. I'm actually really happy to hear your story in the industry, and um, just actually thinking backwards, I want to now think forwards a little bit. Do you have any thoughts or ideas of maybe like where the industry is heading, or or what possibilities might open up in the future for our industry?
1: Maxine, over the next five years, I think we'll see paint technologies that vastly improve process times rather than having an investment in expensive equipment to dry the product. I think also the ongoing importance of training, as you well know, and probably the rising popularity of small cosmetic repairs. I think these are small repairs that uh, owners of cars now don't get done due to uh, obviously uh, insurance accesses and different things. So we're seeing new challenges around cosmetic repairs. So I think this will become more important in the future. But certainly, I think uh, I think the big one will be paint technologies that um, vastly improve these process times and drying times.
0: Of course, I completely agree.
1: So Maxine, you've just had Russia with World Skills, Vietnam, an incredible journey over the last twelve to eighteen months. What's next with World Skills?
0: Well, I definitely know that my World Skills journey isn't over yet. World skills have provided so much for me over the last two years, all the way from my regional to my international competition. And I think that important part of being a part of that process is that I'm now giving back not only like my time and my efforts and stuff like that, but I'd really like to help mentor the next competitors that come through, help mentor them for their national competition as well as their international competition if they if they choose to, to go. I was recently involved with the judging of the regional competition at my local TAFE college and I feel very hopeful about the two competitors that are going through from vehicle repair and vehicle painting. Yeah, they seem like absolute brilliant people and I do believe that they'll get very far. So I'd really like to stay in touch with them and and help them through the journey.
1: And if you could see yourself in 5 years time, what do you think you'd like to be doing?
0: Oh, jeez, that's a tough question. <laughs> um, for now, I really like just painting cars. I don't feel like I'm ready. To give it up yet especially with all the time off work lately I don't feel like I've gotten enough of it but I definitely would like to stay in touch with there's a lot of organizations like World Skills that organize career events for high school children and their parents and I really like to stay in touch with them just to show the next generation that it's not just about painting cars like you can have a whole career out of starting an apprenticeship.
1: Maxine, you've, it, it has been an incredible journey with World Skills. And I find sometimes people that don't know about World Skills, we try to explain to them what it is, what it's all about. How do you describe to your friends what World Skills is all about, your, your experiences, and, and firstly, when they say that, um, look, what's, what's World Skills?
0: Well, I start off with saying that World Skills is a not-for-profit organisation that, that showcases the work of skilled tradespeople across the world really. So when I first went home and I told my parents that I was going to be a spray painter, you know, they kind of asked, you know, why? Like, why would you want to do that for a job? But I think after I participated in my regional and national competitions for world skills, I feel like they really saw a lot of opportunities open up from me getting into an apprenticeship and going down this path for a career. So there was a lot of speculation from them of, you know, oh, what can this really do? But now I think I've proven myself, not only to them, but to the industry that I'm in this for the long run and I really know what I'm doing. so
1: And what's the feedback from friends when you start to tell them you've just been to Russia and Vietnam and, and all because of world skills?
0: I think their response is similar to mine. Like, I still can't believe what I've done and I still can't believe what I've achieved. And... Like, it all just sounds so full on and so surreal that it's like, wow, how can I actually do this? But the reality of it is that a lot of this has happened not only through my own dedication and persistence, but also to the help of people and organisations like Accelta and World Skills for providing these opportunities and training. So,
1: yeah. Now, Maxine, I, uh, I grew up in a little country town, a little mining town called Broken Hill, and everyone was expected to out and get a trade, especially young men. Tell me a little bit about your background, your school background and your thoughts about parents sort of wanting to push young people into university and I guess not so much into trades these days.
0: So my journey started out, I went to an all girls private Catholic high school in Campbelltown. They didn't promote trades really a lot of the emphasis was on to get an ATAR and go to university, which I'll admit for a bit was actually my plan. So a lot of my friends ended up going to uni and they're still in university, but at the same time a lot of my friends have dropped out because they've realised that wasn't for them in the end. So I think trade should be promoted against universities like a 50-50 because people are being sent to university that really don't belong there you can achieve the same qualifications in the same or less amount of time and for quite frankly a lot less of the price by going to TAFE and taking a TAFE alternative and I don't think a lot of people realize that because not a lot of people talk about that option
1: yeah I wholeheartedly agree with that Maxine, I think there's some great opportunities for, for young people to still get into trades. And uh, as we spoke about before, the opportunities after you've completed your trade to, uh, to go on to other things. So that's, that's great to hear.
0: Of course. I also think that when I initially came home from my pre-vocational course and told my parents that I'd got an apprenticeship in the field, my mum kind of looked at me with this weird look and she said, Why? You know, you could do anything in the world. You could work with animals. You can have an office job. You know, you could literally do anything. Why on earth would you want to be a spray painter? And I looked back at her with this huge grin on my face and I said, well, why not?
1: And what does your mum think now that you've uh, that you've got a couple of medals under your belt and travelled the world?
0: Well, she thinks it's the bee's knees, to <laughs> be honest.
1: <laughs> Actually, that's good.
0: What an episode hey we hope you enjoyed please join us on Facebook if
1: you'd like to discuss any of the topics we covered here today at WorldSkills AU. Next week will be the last episode of our podcast for season two and we're pumped to have WorldSkills alum Jed Sparks here to chat with us along WorldSkills Australia partner Sheffield Group.